filled with teaching, truths and issues that matter. Bernie Diamond's A Different Perspective, part of Night Vision each weeknight. Details at vision.org.au. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Tuesday rolls around quickly, doesn't it? And our opportunity once again to check on breaking news as it's coming out of Israel and the Middle East. Ron Ross has been scouring the headlines overnight. Back with us again today. Hello, Ron. Welcome back to 2020. Thank you, Neil. Ron, dreadful to hear of another attack just these past few days. An Israeli family that was injured in that California synagogue attack had actually moved to the US to get away from Hamas rockets. What's the story there? Yeah, two of the people injured by a gunman who burst into Chabad synagogue on Saturday in California had left the Israeli city of Sderot after surviving rocket hits from Gaza on their home. During the attack, Almog Peretz, age 34, heroically saved several children by rushing them out of the sanctuary when 19-year-old John Ernest ran in and began shooting. He credited his experience under persistent rocket attacks in his Israeli hometown for his quick reactions. This is sad, but I am originally from Sterot, he said, so we know a bit about running from the rockets, he told Channel 12 in Israel. There were many small kids next to me, he said. I took a little girl who was our neighbour and three nieces of mine and ran. I opened the back gate and we ran with all the children to a building in the back. I hid them in that building. Witnesses said that the neighbour he scooped up, five-year-old Julie, would probably have died if Peretz hadn't acted, as Ernest shot at them while they were running, hitting uh, the Israeli instead. Many other bullets missed him, he told his interviewers. His niece, eight-year-old Noya Dan, was wounded by shrapnel in the face and one leg. Although the surgeon at Poway Medical Centre said that all the wounded were doing well with their in- injuries, she was transferred to a children's hospital for overnight observation. Noya's father, Israel, told Israel Radio that he'd moved his family to California a number of years ago after their stepped home absorbed several rocket shots from Gaza over the years, injuring him once. We came from fire to fire, he said. It can happen anywhere, but we are strong. I think we should give thanks, Ron, that we live in a place where we don't have to run from rockets. Uh, Tragic to hear of that story for that family. Uh, Let's talk about anti-Semitism, I guess, being shot at because of your nationality is one thing. Now the UN General Assembly is set to convene a special session on anti-Semitism. How does this story look? Yeah, I'm a bit cynical. They talk and do nothing. The plenary session of the UN General Assembly will meet for a special session regarding the intensification of anti-Semitic events around the world. Officials at the Israeli mission in the UN has told the Jerusalem Post. Senior members of the United Nations are expected to participate in the event. The initiative was led by Israel's ambassador to the United Nations, Danny Danon, who in recent months began a wide-ranging diplomatic effort in which he enlisted the United States, Canada and the European Union countries to support the Israeli effort. The meeting is expected to take place 
at the end of May in coordination with the UN Secretary-General and the President of the General Assembly. Ron, let's continue talking through some issues that are happening in those Palestinian Authority territories. Christians in the Palestinian Authority have been attacked by Fatah and forced to pay a Muslim tax. That doesn't sound like something we're used to here in Australia. No, well, if you live in a Muslim country and you're Christian, you play what's called the Jizra. Christian residents of the village of Jifna in the Palestinian Authority were attacked by Fatah activists and forced to pay the Muslim Jizra ransom tax after a local woman complained to the police about the son of a senior Fatah official. The violent incident, which included shooting, occurred on Friday in an almost exclusively Christian area situated north of Jerusalem and near Ramallah. Fatah activists entered the village driving wildly, shot and threw firebombs at buildings, causing damage to property. The assault came as a revenge attack following a complaint submitted to the police by a local woman. Razak was enraged by the complaint, filed by a Christian, and gathered Fatah members for an act of revenge. Local residents reported that members of the Palestinian Authority security forces also participated in the attack. In a notice published on Facebook, the Christian residents of Jifta complained about the loss of security and of their property, especially after they'd been forced to pay the Jizra as demanded by Islam. They demanded that the newly appointed Prime Minister, Mohammed Ishtayar, intervene and ensure their safety and decried the racist and sectarian, sectarian behaviour by a senior official. The Jirza is an annual per capita tax levied by Islamic law on non-Muslim subjects residing in Muslim lands. The tax is a fee for protection provided by the Muslim ruler to non-Muslims. Not worth the paper it's written on. Mm. Ron, it is disturbing to hear of so many attacks on Christians and on churches. A little bit further south from Israel in Egypt, a church was closed after a Muslim mob beat up the priest. Uh, the incident occurred in front of 200 Sunday school children. Yeah, a mob of Muslims, some wielding clubs and knives, beat up a Coptic priest and another Copt in front of 200 children who attended a Bible study. It was because they were attending what was a church renovation expansion program. The attack on the Christians was instigated by the village mayor who accused the Christians of treason for the renovation and called for neighbours to take action against the church. Now, I was reading a Cairo newspaper, the Morning Star News, and it said, a Coptic church in Upper Egypt is closed after a throng of angry Muslims attacked it this month, beating a priest and another copt as more than 200 fearful children who had gathered for Bible lessons looked on according to advocacy groups. One of the injured Copts, Assad Bazik Razak, told Coptic TV that a Muslim about 17 years old beat one of the priests with a club as security forces led him from the Enbar Karas church building in Naga al-Ghafir in southern Egypt. The priest, identified as Father Basilius, sustained a minor head injury as security forces 
escorted him and another priest into an armored vehicle after the chanting mob tried to enter the building. The children were terrified by the club and knife-wielding crowds as they shouted, cursed, and pelted the building with rocks. Though police witnessed the beating of the priests, no arrests were made. Ron, those stories are very disturbing. In fact, for those who've been listening to our conversation, it has had a very negative tone in some of these stories, but it's our responsibility, I guess, as Christians to at least be alert to some of these challenges. But all of the stories that you've been scouring overnight, they're not all negative. Let's turn our attention to the nation of Syria, and in that area there that was claimed as territory from the former Islamic State, uh, there's a little bit of uh, new shoots, some new life there, a new church has opened in a former Islamic State area in Syria. You know, as I was reading through this story, uh, Neil, uh, I thought it was time to revive onward Christian soldiers. Uh, sometimes I think uh, we read the negative stuff, and feel it's all hopelessness. Uh, But aggressive Christians in the past, those who believed Jesus and stood on his word, saw mighty things happen. And I believe that's time for that to repeat. An evangelical church was recently opened in the Syrian town of Kobani. Given the rise of conversions to Christianity by Kurds and some Syrians, According to multiple reports cited by Middle East ministry Behold Israel, there has been a spike in converts to Christianity over the past year, many stating that Syria's ongoing atrocities and radical Islamic factions, mainly Islamic State, they cited that as reasons for converting. The ministry said radicalization of Sunni Islam and abuses by ISIS have been said to have led many to search for faith and religion outside of Islam. Behold, Israel reported that Kobani is located in northern Syria in the Aleppo region and was heavily affected by the war given the Islamic State. It says the once predominantly Kurdish town was taken over by People's Protection Units in 2012 until 2014 when ISIS took over several regions in the area. The region was hit heavily by U.S.-backed forces carrying out multiple airstrikes through 2014 and 15 in the city located close to the Syrian-Turkish border. In a ministry update, Behold Israel said, the situation for Christians in the Middle East has been dire, with dozens of terror attacks by Islamic factions on churches, and places of worship. Israel is the only country that is a safe haven for Christians and has absorbed Christian refugees from Lebanon, Syria, and Egypt in the past. The Islamic State's campaign to eradicate Christians throughout the Middle East countries led to massacres, human and sex trafficking, and forced conversions in Syria, Iraq, and Libya, with multiple terror attacks in Egypt. This church opening is a defiance of uh, that great negativity and uh, a constant witness that the life of Jesus goes on. 
Ron, I think if we were wise, we would take a few moments to reflect on the significance of new growth of the church in the areas controlled by the former uh, Islamic State uh, in those areas in Syria. Uh, It is a moment of celebration in that sense. Now, it's not the only good news story you've been looking at overnight. Uh, Ancient Christian manuscripts are being digitized at a monastery beneath Mount Sinai. How does this story look, Ron? At St. Catherine's Monastery at the foot of Egypt's Mount Sinai, the silence in the library is broken only by low electrical humming as an early manuscript is bathed in green light. A team from Greece are photographing thousands of fragile manuscripts, including some of the earliest copies of the Christian Gospels, using a complex process that includes taking images in red, green and blue light and merging them with computer software to create a single high-quality colour picture. There is a tangible sense of urgency to the mission. Although the monastery has survived centuries of warfare, it lies in a region where Islamist militants have destroyed countless cultural artefacts and documents in Syria and Iraq. Egypt's Christian churches have also been targeted by an Islamist insurgency in the rugged and thinly populated northern Sinai. The holy monastery of the God-trodden Mount Sinai, which is part of the Eastern Orthodox Church, lies in the safer southern half of the Sinai Peninsula. But in 2017, Islamic State claimed responsibility for an attack on a nearby Egyptian police checkpoint in which one officer was killed. The monastery lies at the foot of Mount Sinai, by tradition the site where Moses received the Ten Commandments. UNESCO has listed the area as a World Heritage Site, citing its sacred status in Christianity, Islam and Judaism. It says St. Catherine's was founded in the 6th century and is the oldest Christian monastery still in use for its original function. The most famous manuscript in the library is the 4th century Codex Sinaitis, a Greek manuscript of the Bible which contains the oldest surviving complete New Testaments. Its pages are divided between several institutions. This is an amazing step forward in modernity uh, for Jesus Christ coming out of great ancient tradition. Well, it is a beautiful melding of the two, isn't it? The ancient with the modern, and uh, an amazing story. Uh, A mix of stories today, the negative and the positive. Those past couple of stories, Ron, uh, outstanding. And uh, I want to thank you so much for taking some time to scour those headlines to bring us an update, breaking news out of Israel and the Middle East. Ron Ross, thanks for being with us once again on 2020. Thanks, Dale. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.